Hello, everybody. Um, <clears throat> my name's Jonathan Silver. Um, <clears throat> I work for Maples Group. Um, I'll give you a very brief introduction to Maples um, in a moment. Um, this panel is entitled, Does Private Equity and Alternative Finance Have a Role in Shipping Today? Um, now, we've, uh, we've heard about bank finance and we've heard about capital markets. So I think this panel will pretty much cover everything else in the alternative finance and, and private equity um, sector. Um, thank you very much to, to Nicholas and Annie and Capital Link for, uh, for inviting us all here. We have an eminent panel. Um, what I'll do is I'll very quickly introduce them and ask them to say uh, just one or two words about each of their each of their firms to give you an idea of, of what, what they do. Um, first, we've got Andrew Hampton, uh, Managing Director of Tufton Asset Backed Investment, ABI Group. Uh, then we have Ali Ben El Madani, CEO, ABL Corporation. Uh, next to him, Alex Panomarev, Director of Business Development, GTLK Europe, that's State Transport Leasing Company. And then at the end, last but not least, Jack Sun, a managing partner at Sino Energy Capital. And perhaps just say one or two words. Yep. Um, hi, good afternoon. Uh, Andrew Hampson from Tufnay Shanik. Uh, we're a fund manager uh, specializing in the maritime space. Um, I run our asset-backed investment division, which invests directly into ships. We buy the ships on behalf of our investors and run them. Uh, we currently own uh, 87 ships and we manage about uh, $1.3 billion. Um, and we recently listed, contrary to what the other panel thought, we listed an investment vehicle in the UK on the London Stock Exchange uh, two years ago. So there is hope elsewhere other than Scandinavia. Thank you. Hi, good afternoon. Uh, sorry about the French accent, by the way. Uh, thank you very much for having me on the panel. Uh, I'm the CEO of ABL Corporation. We're coming from the aviation side. Uh, we have five offices worldwide, uh, New York, Dublin, Casablanca, Dubai, and Hong Kong for the last two years. We did about $2 billion on the aircraft side. And uh, as of this year, we entered the shipping market where we audited 10 ships. We specialize mainly on Japanese investors. So as the previous panel said, about the drill core and equity that invests in the Chinese leasing companies usually come from people like us in Japan and that allows us to have drill core for very cheap uh, cost of equity. Thank you very much. Uh, my name is Alexey Ponomarev. Jonathan, thank you to pronounce my surname in correct way. <laughs> it was very nice. A practice. Thanks. Um, just to be to be short, uh, GTLK Global Business is a subsidiary of STLC, State Transport Leasing Company, the biggest leasing company in Russia. We are the rated entity, WB Plus, with positive forecast. And uh, uh, GTLK Global Business comprises uh, three companies, GTLK Europe, GTLK Middle East, and uh, uh, GTLK Asia here in Hong Kong. Uh, the total portfolio of assets in global business exceeded 3 billion this year, and uh, STLC in general, it's more than 10 billion US dollars. And uh, I think our our path is quite quite similar to what Ali told about ABL. So we uh, we we started as aircraft lessor globally, but last year our shareholders decided that we need to diversify our portfolio and. Uh, 
keep look into the shipping and we we set we set up strategy and uh, this year al al already committed more than uh, half a billion in shipping and the pipeline today is succeeded one and a half billion so i guess we have other things to discuss thank you. jack yeah thank you Hey, my name is Jack Sun. I'm the managing partner of um, Sun Energy Capital, which is a company I founded in 2015. Since, the, uh, since then, we have completed an exit, a $300 million investment in the offshore sector. And now we believe the shipping represents a much more interesting opportunity for private, private investment. And uh, thank you very much for the opportunity to meet all you guys. I should just add, um, Peter Warbanoff, who's the um, head of distressed and opportunistic credit at LIM, was going to attend, but unfortunately, um, he's um, he's had an illness in the family and he's had to go back to Australia, so he he passes on his apologies. Um, and I think Hans uh, Hans could couldn't couldn't make it either. Um, Okay, so just, just very quickly, it'd be remiss of me otherwise, just to cover Maples Group. Um, Maples, um, we provide um, f funds and fiduciary services uh, in the offshore space and also um, correspondent counsel uh, legal advice. I'm Marshall Islands qualified. Uh, we, we give Marshall Islands, BVI, Cayman, uh, Jersey, Luxembourg, and Irish law um, uh, advice. So turning, turning to um, today's panel discussion, um, traditionally the finance markets hold shipping as, as high risk. Um, and I wonder, have recent um, cases, well, somewhat recent cases like Hanjin and, and OSG scared investors in the, in the um, private equity and, and alternative finance space? Um, I think the audience is, is keen to know what, what ship investors are really thinking at the moment. Um, the question is, you know, um, what, what's the market sentiment? Why now? Um, Andrew, perhaps you could start. Um, I think the why now is quite easy to, uh, to answer, Jonathan. The, the, uh, Martin showed this morning his usual excellent slides in summarizing the industry very, very uh, quickly and precisely. What he didn't mention, though, was that actually looking at the yield that comes out, so looking at the combination of the pricing and the freight rates and putting those together. And today, is, now, is an exceptional time for yield investors into shipping, because although the prices are very low, the yields are actually relatively high, and I think it's as simple as that. Nelly. Well, thank you, Jonathan. Well, as Andrew said, of course, the yield is very important. We are asset investors. Uh, we either invest in aircraft, which we did for years. Uh, we invest today in ships. Uh, real estate is not competitive for us today, so we are an asset investor and will always be an asset investor. So shipping is something that we entered because the yields in aircraft leasing were going lower and lower, and we saw some opportunity in uh, like a mismatch between the asset and the yield as it was returning. Of course, uh, the difference, and I had doing the analogy with the aircraft leasing, which is the market that we were for years in, is that aircraft leasing is a duopoly, it's two manufacturers, whereas shipping is lots more manufacturers, but you have to remember that shipping is a fragmented market, a little bit like aviation, where you have to focus on a special kind of niche market at a given moment. You cannot look at the shipping market as a whole. You have to look at it as which niche market you're focusing on, which segments of the market you're focusing on, and little by little, 
starting, especially for us, uh, we focus on the Japanese market. We start for the tier one kind of credits. We do Cholco, so the very basic transaction where we're going to go with the big names uh, to provide equity and to provide Cholco structure and little by little being more and more specialized. We're not going to dive in into the very complicated transaction. Of course, we're going to start with very high credits that are going to exercise the call option at the end of the lease. And that's very important for us to start at the top and more and more understanding how the segments of the each market mm -hmm. is doing. Um, in our case, uh, I think what we see in aircraft financing is that uh, you're supposed to be safe investing in the asset least to the Taiwan aircraft. And uh, it's not about yield, it's about, it's about stability, right? So I don't think... Those guys come Yeah, I don't think you will, uh, you will, you will have some profit, some feasible profit, uh, leasing to, I don't know, guys like uh, Ethiopian, Air China, okay. or something. Uh, but in shipping, uh, we see so many sweet spots in the market, and even re relatively unstable uh, uh, niche and uh, segments in shipping uh, sometimes uh, uh, might provide the very good combination. Uh, which is really nice, in our opinion. And also, um, with regards to shipping, uh, we have to we have to focus not on particular operator, ship owner, and asset type, but in in the all all business model and the and the cash flow. Of course, we are targeting uh, corporate credit, and uh, we try to to to, to get. Uh, partners with a stable cash flow and diversified cash flow, but in any segment, uh, for instance, we close uh, transaction with Havila Cruz route and and, uh, and in general, uh, it was quite a, quite a tricky deal. Half of the transactions were based on the very complicated Spanish tax structure, but finally. Uh, big portion of cash flow comes from the Norwegian government, which is AAA rated. And I guess every company is happy with such credit risk. Just to answer Alex, I'm making money on my Ethiopian aircraft. Thank you. <laughs> Jack. Hi. Uh, I think we're a little bit unique in the way that we come to shipping not because our investment somewhere else has become worse, so we have to come to shipping. Uh, shipping is in our blood throughout, and we always been shipping. And uh, for us, it's just a matter of a, a number of factors that you're looking at. Uh, um, you have developed a system of, of parameters you want to check. Um, one set of parameters came from internal um, requirement, and then there's another set of parameters you watch from the market, and you make a pred predictions, and if you find a perfect match, then you find a good the uh, incentive to do a deal, and then you come to, to look at deal. So for us, shipping has always been very opportunistic. It's just a matter of your internal um, parameters can match the external environment. I, I think today, it, 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 the, the, the development of a number of factors has contributed to a stage that, you know, at least from our internal parameters, the environment looks very good. Uh, we would like to uh, quickly execute some large-scale transaction ASAP. Hmm. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> so we heard about um, 
niche niche sectors and, and very specific segments in in the market. Um, those the slides we saw this morning from Martin showed that um, certain areas, certain segments are doing far better than than others. Um, looking at the market data, I can see rates are pretty much up, apart from a couple of notable exceptions um, as against last year. I wonder if we could just ask each of the pan panel members what what their um, uh, you, you know what their pref preferred uh, market um, segment is at the moment, if indeed they have one, Andrew. Um, smaller containers, small gas, small chemical. Okay, Ali. Well, for us, tankers, uh, LNG, project tankers, LNG, and this some um, niche market that we got into that was working for us is car carriers. We also did some car carriers because we believe that it's at the bottom of the market, but yeah, project tankers and LNGs and container ships. And what about, you, you're, you're very active in the, in the Jolco space. Yeah. Um, when I was, I, I was about 16 years at Norton Rose Fulbright, so I did, I did a lot of the Jolco financings in shipping, which have, in aviation were, were, were very active, but in, in shipping we've really only, I only saw Jolcos for shipping, not boxes, but ships come back into the market in the last year or so. But there was, you know, um, they had a very, very specific sector. I mean, it was, it was box, box carriers and then a couple of row rows. Are you seeing, for the Jolco markets, are you seeing them expand into other well, that's Areas. our job. Like the the thing that people forget, like in the job, and you know that in the Japanese market, you have like what four or five houses that can do the equity or distribute the equity. So the market is limited, but that market, uh, if educated, enter the market and change it. Like I know in aviation, we did a lot of innovative transactions where we used ECAs to guarantee the debt. Uh, we did the first like FIC Jolco, ACG Jolco, etc. Doing something like that in shipping, where you use innovative transaction for the debt side providing Japanese equity can be something that can be very competitive in the shipping market. Mm. The issue with that, uh, again, is that you can only do tier one credits. You can only do very high-end credits, but you can be very competitive on the debt side and on the equity side. The other structure that you can see in the, we were speaking a lot about Chinese lessors, it's Jolco with Chinese lessors. We did one this year, and we are looking to do more and more uh, Chinese lessors uh, Jolco because it allows you cheap cost of equity for the lessors. So you have a headless, sublease structure, and then the call option is going to be exercised by the lessor, not by the lessee. So not by the operator, but by like uh, ICBC or whoever is the lessor mm. is going to exercise the call option. So that's enhanced the credit of the transaction and therefore lower the cost of the equity and the cost of the debt. Yeah. Okay. Alexei. In our case, uh, I think we have we have a strategy in place, and we have we have mandate from our shareholder. So uh, our roots uh, comes from the transportation industry. So we we know that uh, shipping is one of the one of the core. Uh, Parts of the of the transportation in the world, and uh, um, we really uh, try to be part of the industrial projects. Uh, I cannot define right now the type of assets that we are focused on, so, so because we 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 consider deals with 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 any of them. Uh, but as I mentioned before, we are uh, focused on uh, good credit ranking, uh, ranking and stable cash flow. So that's this is this is what is the most important, I think. Mm. Um, from our perspective, I think we want to focus on the ship type that belongs to what we call the mainstream type of ships. 
And the underlying theory is we, as financial investors, we want to be as much independent as possible. Uh, we would like to work with industries and all other players in industry, but we want to make sure that no one can strangle us if they choose to. Yeah. So we, so we, and, and that sort of leads nicely into uh, counterparties. Uh, uh, one, one of the things I suppose that we, we'd be very interested to know is where do you see, where do you see your, uh, your business opportunities? How do they arise? Um, you know, where, where, how do these deals um, come about? Um, are they, you know, is it, is it uh, distressed assets or something else? Andrew. You're asking about the deal flow rather yeah. than the sourcing of the capital. Yeah. Sourcing of the capital is far more interesting. Well, right, talk but, about the sourcing. No, it's all right. We'll, we'll do that next. Um, the, 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 our, our, our deals flow sourcing uh, because we're seeking value um, and we're seeking uh, sustained yield. So it's good quality assets being sold out of distressed situations. I think it's as simple as that. We're looking for we're looking for lower pricing um, and. Um, in Europe, the the German kg market um, is just a bit like the gift that keeps on giving. Um, even ten years, even ten years after, it seems to be a bottomless supply of um, of vessels coming out year after year. Right, thank you, Jordan. Well, for us. You can look at us like a finance lease kind of structure. So the kind of deals are coming from uh, ship owners, are coming from leasing companies. Uh, they are the ones that come to us and say, here is what we have. How can we structure it with a structure that allows us a cheap cost of financing? We do it as a draw call, so there is a call option that needs to be exercised. So we need to assess the credits that will exercise the call option. So most of the deals are coming either from the ship owners themselves mm. or from the leasing companies that are about to do the transaction, or that's already did the transaction shortly, and need to uh, cash out of the transaction and get 100% financing out of it. So I suppose the, one of the questions there, Ali, is what's the benefit to, I mean, they could just go to a bank and just get debt finance. What, you know, what, what's the at benefit? At 100% financing? Well, the first, well, well I think. Maybe not. At 100%, we finance at 100%. So the first advantage is that we are going to have a cheap cost of debt and cheap cost of equity. When you combine it together, that gives you a very competitive 100% financing that mm. you cannot beat. The Joko market cannot be beaten by any other structures in the market because of the cheap cost of the structure and it's 100% financing. The issue with that, to be transparent with the panel, the first one is flexibility. You don't have any flexibility, that means that you cannot trade in and out of the aircraft, of the ship. Um, too, too much. <laughs> you cannot trade in and out of the ship. That's the first thing. The second issue about that is that you need to exercise the corruption. And what well, we would like you yeah, to exercise like the corruption. And therefore, you know, the tax structure would <laughs> like you to exercise the corruption. So that means that you can only do tier one credit that's like going to exercise the corruption. But yeah. the, the cost of equity and the cost of debt, you cannot beat it. The Jolco is a cheaper cost you can have mm. in the market. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when we started to, to explore a uh, ship financing market, uh, it was quite tricky. We didn't have, uh, we wasn't full of confidence that we could we could find the good deals and so on. But now, one year passed, we see that uh, there are so many, so many good uh, good companies, good good operators, ship owners, struggling from lack of lack of lack of financing, and uh, from our side. Uh, we are not we are not competing with traditional uh, loan providers, traditional lenders. 
uh, we could be more flexible in terms of LTV and and at least tenor and the repayment profile. So that's that bring us uh, many many opportunities even with the top uh, with the top operators, top uh, ship owners in the market, mm. in in almost any segment. Uh, for us, we would like to, I, I would like to borrow one of the terms, you know, Andrew has shared with us, is we're value hunters. And you always look at the values. That's the most important thing for us that, you know, under your control be before you write a check out. Um, after that, of course, you, you, you're talking about portfolio management, how to uh, optimize your after investment uh, management. Um, but for us, I think we have some unique strengths that will allow us to pursue a certain type of transactions that we will have very few competitors. Um, that's it's our goal for 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 sources of deals that you know we we feel we can um, have unique value created even by identifying and 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 closing the deal. Yeah, thank you and. One of the things we'll talk about in a moment is, is um, sh short term uh, investment for short term um, goals or, or, or investment for, for a longer term play. But one of the things that I think we'd be interested to know is how, how difficult is it to work with new investors that are, that are coming to the, the alternative financing market? Does a lack of experience with these, these people that may be coming in for a short term play, does that lack of experience hamper? The, the growth of alternative finance in, in the shipping market? Um, <clears throat> right. Uh, I think let's sort of leave us so, uh, aside people coming in for short term because we don't really want them in shipping. Um, but looking at the, looking at the investor base, I, I have quite an interesting job because I spend most of my time trying to raise the money rather than trying to invest the money. And I'm talking to non-typical shipping investors most days of the week. So I'm sitting here trying to convince somebody that it's better to invest into shipping than a nursing home or an open-cast mine or student housing. Uh, not whether or not we should be you know, worried about a Panamax bulker or a Handymax bulker. Actually, the difference between bulk and tank would most likely be too much to actually handle in that sphere itself. So. I think what the industry needs to do, and we've had a lot of talk about where we're getting the capital from, etc., we need to make ourselves acceptable to the investment community vis-a-vis -vis other industries, not all vis-a-vis -vis ourselves. We are very insular at managing to look in, look at the minutiae, and actually completely avoid the big picture. And Martin's finishing comments this morning were that 35% of our cargoes are fossil fuels. I mean, what do you think is the main thing on the mind of international investors today who have an alternative? Green issues. Are they going to be investing into shipping when 35% of the cargoes are fossil fuels? I mean, that is a major issue to try and get over with new investors into the industry. And I think further consolidation in the industry, I think, is key, and I think a focus on the sustainability issues, and I'm not talking about IMO 2020, that's a compliance issue. It's not an environmental issue. We need to really focus on our environmental issues and the social governance issues within the industry to make it acceptable to outside investors. Thank you. 
Well, the Android is right. Uh, we see it in aviation, we see it in other sectors. Most of the investors are focusing so much about the green energy, about how much an aircraft is using, about how much fossil fuel you are transporting, which is becoming a very important question, you're right. But most of the investors that are investing have a bad, and that's our experience when we're speaking with investors, have a bad experience with shipping because what's happening in shipping is when you had the big private equity that came into shipping and that got burnt into shipping, they all gave a bad reputation to the industry. So all what we have to do now is to educate and say, look, it's a lot of segments. You cannot look at shipping as a whole. You have to look at what you are investing in. You cannot just say, we shouldn't invest in shipping because it's a bad asset class. And unfortunately for big PE firms, that's how they look at it, as one asset class. It's like if you look at aviation and you say, I shouldn't invest in aviation because of the wide body market or the regional market. That's a stupid way to look at it. You have to say, where is an opportunity in the shipping market? Where is the segment that I should invest in? And can I do it? So it's a lot of education. It's a lot of time spending on the road with the investors. It's a lot of time hiring people that know the markets to teach those investors. And it is very painful, I agree with you, uh, but it's worth it because they are looking for yield at the end. And at the end, it's what is the yield that they can do. And once they invest, if you show them a yield after one year, two years, usually they stick to the asset class. Thank you. Uh, I think other panelists raised quite interesting uh, question. Uh, about uh, let's say profit hunters and the uh, and the potential negative effects on the market uh, for the sh for the for the sh from the from the short short term investors to try to hit up and and live with a, with a profit. So I guess uh, in our case, the business model is completely different. We uh, we just we just want to, to to find the right deal and stay with a client and with a, with the asset for 10, 12 years, but. Um, in general, um, of course, uh, there are many things to know, to consider before before decide whether to go or not. And um, lack of experience might be the problem in some in some cases. I, I, I think you know we we have been in the shipping investment uh, industry for for, for 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 so long, and uh, we, we think there's a a big misconception among the new investor, if you would like to call them, is they have a mandate. They come to shipping, they have the capacity, but they set up a few uh, categories without thinking too much, but put a shipping the needs at first places because they needed to deploy certain amount of money within a certain period of time and at these terms. And I have a big problem working with those kind of investors. For us, we firmly believe we financial investors were secondary players in this industry. And we rely on the true industrialists who generate revenue for us to, to, to in order for us to get a nice return. And what we need to do is make them happy instead of asking them to create the deal that what that you want. I think this is a very critical um, Mindset as a, as a, as a, as, a, as a, a try to be a successful shipping investor, you need always a bear in mm. mind that you know you are serving the industry, you are not dictating that industry. Mm. Thank you. So I mean, turning to the ship owners themselves, do you think do you think they should be more proactive in in finding alternative investment in in looking for investment yeah, private equity? Yeah, absolutely. Always you need to be very proactive seeking 
the type of investment that is suited for your requirement rather than you bend yourself over too much in order to find a deals for the investor to be happy to enter. Yeah. Right. yeah, it's always, it's, it's always, it's always a back-to-back, -back, I think. So uh, when, you, uh, when you're looking for a deal in the market, you always should consider how, how, to, how to refinance it because uh, that's, that's life, that's how it, how it works. And, uh, and assessing the deal and creating the funnel, you need, you need to understand what's, what you will go after that. So we uh, we have for 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 instance in our in our case we have we have equity to to enter the deal we could do it relatively fast, uh, but of course uh, we need uh, the the senior debt provided back leverage provided uh, provider um, you know the mesh the least the least the least tenor, so we have we have to we have to be why do you have to have debt. <laughs> What, you want to do 100% financing? Uh, well, I don't employ any leverage in 87 ships, so why do you have to have debt? So what is the cost of capital? Hmm? Our, 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 business, our business model is slightly, slightly different, so we have, we, have, we have equity, we have 2 billion in, uh, from euro bonds, for instance. Trading no, I, mean, in I asked that slightly yeah, tongue-in-cheek, Alexei. Yeah, I know yeah. the answer no, no, of course, of course. you need debt. But that's half the problem, I think. We end up in a situation, I mean, if I had a dollar for everybody who came to me and said, I've got this fantastic project, Andy, all I need is 80% leverage. You haven't got a fantastic project if you need 80% leverage. And that's what I'm saying, is that we need to get that bit sorted. Sorry, I was yeah, yeah, yeah. teasing you a bit there with the, with the request. That's what we need to get sorted. Get the projects right first. Get the right value of the ships, the employment of the ships, the operation of the ships, and all of that. Get that right first. The right projects will find the right finance. So I don't think the owners, if you like, need to seek the right finance, they need to seek the right projects, mm. and that, that, that then the finance will come. And if it's leasing or if it's private equity or whatever it is, it'll come. But it's fitting the wrong, I mean, what's been wrong for the last three decades that I've been doing ship finance is that the, the capital structures are just wrong, are just crazy. They don't fit the projects. Uh, and we need to get that right first. Mm. Then it'll work. Yeah. But that sounds fair to say, because any project that you have, let's say, for example, you buy your house, you are going to have debt and you're going to have equity. If you're telling me that your cost of equity is the same as the cost of debt, I will come to you any day of the week to give me yeah. equity on that. Yeah, but I'm, not a, but I'm not a capital, uh, I'm, I'm not providing capital to the industry. I'm providing ships to the industry, so I'm a tonnage provider. How my investors decide to fit their capital stack to what they give me to invest is their concern as long as they understand that they're getting an unlevered return back, and then they can work out their own capital stack themselves. And they're happy to get some and return happy, the and, they're the and they're happy to, well, I mean, you can't go lending, as people are doing at the moment, you know, 60, 70% senior debt at a cost which is in excess of the weighted average cost of capital of the industry. That's just totally non-sustainable. How can you go and lend senior debt at, at 60 to 70 percent uh, leverage at 8 percent, when 8 percent is the industry whack? I mean, we talk about short-termism. That must be the definition of it. Well, there's few people that do that. Well, there's a fair amount that do it. Thank you. Um, this was a question that was, was raised by, by Peter. He's unfortunately not here to answer it, but I thought, <laughs> I thought it's a, it was a particularly good one. So um, 
he, want, he, he raised the, the question of the marriage between a shipping company and, and a financial investor or private equity. Um, how does this really work? Can it ever work? On the one hand, the ship owner wants to hold ships, generate charter hire, long-term profit, management fees, whereas the investor is perhaps more motivated to, to get in and out quickly and make a profit. Um, the question is, can their interests ever really be aligned? He has cheap equity. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have cheap equity. I have appropriately priced equity for the projects that invest in. Um, the, if, if, if you're talking private equity, as I say, capital P, yeah, it's a bit nomenclature, e, but um, if, if we're talking about that type of private equity, I think it's very hard to marry that up. With, with the ship owner because one by its nature is relatively short term and the other by its nature is relatively long term. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's very difficult. If, 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 if the question is about does, does private equity, as in private owner's equity, um, have a space in shipping, you, you know, yes, absolutely. And, you know, 75% of the world fleet um, um, is owned outside of public hands. So, you know, that actually is one of the main sources of equity to the industry. Mm. Um, and it's just working out how to get that capital stack right for, 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 the, for, for the industry. Yeah. So I think it's very difficult to marry the two up, yeah. in my view. Well, on one part, I have to agree with Ando, even if I don't want to. But uh, <laughs> no, he's right. Like, sh if you are looking at private equity, of course, it doesn't fit. But for our products, for example, that we are bringing into the market, the Jolco, it's a product that marries that because we expect the call option to be exercised. So then that means that we expect that the ship owner is going to hold that ship at the end. So it's a long-term call option, let's say six years, seven years, eight years, that we are partnering with this ship owner. And when they exercise the call option, they're going to own that ship. So we're just giving him a finance lease to own the ship. So he needs to be successful so that he can own that ship and keep it on the book. So that's the difference between us as equity and large private equity houses. Mm. So that allows us to I think partner on the same kind of uh, structure as our ship owners. So I think in in our case it's it's more about compromise because uh, uh, what we heard, what we heard many times from from ship owners uh, discussing about the uh, the list tenor and so on that, that come on Alex nobody plans to to own vessel for 10 12 years so we we uh, in our in our in our model yes we uh, we buy vessel now we pay in PTP but we hope that we will have chance to to sell it with a with profit on three four five seven years and uh, from the other side our business model as a leasing company requires to um, to keep asset to keep asset and to have the stable stable cash flow so that's why we we have to find a, a gold mean if, if it's if, if if it's possible to say like that between our interests and interest of the ship of the ship owner or the proper proper deal yeah thanks jack i i think your question uh only come when there's a disagreement between the two sides and i i can guarantee you when, whenever the a marriage so-called happens there's no disagreement because you know otherwise the the agreement will not be signed. 
it, it's a matter of, you know, we, once you decide to work together and you know the upside and downside of the other side, and we, you accept the consequences as a result of this marriage, and if you continue to, to accept it, if the, unfortunately the, 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 the downside of the other side come, whether it's investor want to exit early regardless of if it's good price or no, you have to accept it. Yeah. On the other hand, as an investor, even at, a, at your, you're at the ending of your of investment period, and you want to get out, but unfortunately, mar whether it's market it does not allow, or some reason you cannot sell, you have to accept that you know you have to, your life yeah. is still together. So, I think everybody has tried their very best at the beginning, trying to draft the agreement. You guys must have done yeah. a lot trying to address the common interest of both sides as much as possible. But you know, once um, we're all professionals, so once you put a bad in, just accept your consequence. So I think, I think to, uh, it, to use one word, I think it's really all about partnership. Yeah. You know, and, and, that, and the trust. Yeah, partnership and trust. Right, well, um, I can see we've um, got a minute left. So just, just to um, say thank you very much, um, you know, I hope I hope this um, panel discussion was uh, of, of benefit and of some interest to you. And um, and I'd just like to thank each of the each of the panel members for for their input. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, thank thank you, you very much. Thank you.